0: Poetry dose. In her painting of blue sky. I wonder if the birds in Canada are violent birds, birds who will rip your eyes out or present that kind of danger when you are online at Starbucks waiting for a chocolate macchiato. In Boston, when you walk through the harbor streets, you can feel them with muskets and bayonets. When you sleep against a building in Detroit, they wait for your REM sleep before nipping at your feet. In Manhattan, they follow you underground at 14th, and when the one train barrels through the station, they shove you onto the tracks with their steel plated wings. It's enough to make you pick up your child, put her in a covered wagon, and travel north to Alberta or Saskatchewan. All the Canadians I know don't have guns in their lunchboxes, the way kids from Iowa and Montana put rifles into their cereal with the whole milk. So when my youngest demands that I help her put blue sky in her painting of blue sky, I wonder how it might have been different if she was born in Toronto. Would she demand anything or just leap off the roof of the house on her own? Arms wide open, grabbing globs of blue on the way down, kissing the birds, the birds kissing her back. So I wrote this poem about an hour or two after i had been upstairs in our attic with my youngest daughter natalie who had just painted this incredible painting of a blue sky with a tree in the middle i think three quarters of the painting was blue sky so that was on my mind i was also thinking about how we live, us Americans, in such a violent country. And all the people that I know from Canada don't seem to have that violence in their Canadian DNA. It was a painting, too, that my daughter did, filled with birds, so I had birds on my mind. So those are the three things that uh, we're dancing around. I like to try and take three things and mess them all up together. Squish them. What's the word? Mash them up. The phrase mash them up. When, uh, When writing a piece, the painting, of course, the painting, the poem, of course, is a political poem on some level given the times that we live in and the violence that seems to happen every day be it physical, emotional, political, psychological. I wanted to end the poem on a positive note. That's why I have the child kissing the birds and the kids the birds kissing her back at the end. I think it's important that there's some hope there at the end, and of course,
1: lastly, it was fun to get the word For this next Saskatchewan segment that we're calling school dose into the piece. We asked Matthew Littman to share with us a poem that he loved as a kid and to tell us a little bit about the it. The writing of the poem. And Here's the poem I guess called, my "Process in General." Everything is
0: immediate. I write from a certain space of the, the daily.
1: For this next segment we're calling School Dose we asked our guests to share with us a poem that they loved as a kid and to tell us a little bit about it. Uh, Matthew Lippmann is reading a poem by Gwendolyn Brooks and it's called
0: We Real Cool Gwendolyn Brooks the pool players seven at the Golden Shovel. We real cool we left school we lurk late we strike straight we sing sin we thin gin we jazz June we die soon. When I was in ninth grade 14 years old, New Rochelle High School, Westchester County. I found this poem in a Norton anthology and got really sad. The poem had an immediate impact on me because it reminded me of growing up in Manhattan in the early 1970s. My parents packed up and left in 1976. Because Manhattan was not doing so well and the schools there especially for my sister my younger sister weren't doing what they were supposed to be doing and they thought they could get us a better education north of the city when we left I was both happy for the quiet of the suburbs but sad because there was no attitude in the suburbs. And when I found this poem in 1979, I was completely taken by the attitude in Brooks's lyricism. It made me feel like I could go home again, or I was home. It made me feel New York, It made me feel like I was a New Yorker. And uh, to be honest, I hadn't read much poetry up until that point, even though I was writing poems like I was drinking water. And I think this poem gave me the idea that I could have attitude in my own poetry. I could have voice and funk and pop, cadence all that stuff that I grew up with on the streets of New York, on the Upper West Side, 70, uh, 92nd Street between Columbus, 94th Street between Columbus and Central Park West, when the city was really a, a pit. Brooks's poem opened up a door for me. I walked through it, have him look back. It's a uh, foundational piece. Instrumental in my own evolution as a poet. Even though I don't think it's about New York, it's all New York for me.
1: Matthew Lipman is the author of three poetry collections American Chew, winner of the Burnside Review Book Prize, Monkey Bars, and The New Year of Yellow. Winner of the Katherine A. Morton Poetry Prize, he is also the recipient of the 2010 Jerome J. Shaystack Poetry Prize from the American Poetry Review. And if you want to check out any more of his writings and learn more about him, his website is MatthewLipmanPoetry.com Thanks again uh, for any new listeners. This is a new thing. This is a new podcast. Uh, My name's Atticus Allen, and a friend of mine, poet Tina Kane, who you heard in episode one, we got together and said, you know, I'm really hyped on podcasts. You're really hyped on poetry. Let's make a poetry podcast. And that's what we're trying to do. So... If you want to reach out to us at all, as of right now, hit us up at PoetryDose at gmail.com. Episode 3 is in the works and will be coming to you soon. In the meantime, tell a friend. Tell somebody that maybe loves poetry but never has tapped into the podcast before. Or maybe somebody that loves podcasts uh, but doesn't really know much about poetry, say, hey, check this out. Again, thanks and uh, we'll see you next time on Poetry Dose.